Welcome to another episode of the Hoop Talk Podcast by fans, for fans. I'm Ryan. There's my guy, Jalen. What's up, everybody? This podcast is where we discuss all things basketball, so expect a lot of hot takes, debates, and a true display of basketball knowledge. Let's get right into it. Our topic today is our continuation of our NBA Draft Analysis Series, and today we're going to talk about the Orlando Magic. So the Orlando Magic have two picks in this year's draft. They have picks 15 and 45. So, Jalen, this team has been somehow making it into the playoffs every single year. Jalen, what is the focus, what positional focus do you believe the, the Orlando Magic should have? Get anybody that does not play the forward position, please. Man, Ryan, this is, I mean, this is, this is getting out of hand, dude. With this team, they have way too many forwards it's way too much going on in terms of their team their front court is loaded Aaron Gordon Jonathan Isaac Nikola Vucevic Muhammad Bamba James Ennis I mean you, you could just go down the list like it, it it's just ridiculous how many forwards they have it makes absolutely no sense and the joke with this team is always they're a team full of really good starters but no superstar and the issue with that is that's not going to get you out of any conference, Eastern Conference or Western Conference, because although it's a great build for a regular season team that can stay in the hunt, you're always going to be floating around six to eight. And I mean, that's not saying a lot, considering the fact that they were doing that back when the East was way simpler to deal with. I mean, nowadays, the East is way more difficult, especially with the movement of Kevin Durant, the coming back of John Wall, Blake Griffin being healthy. Like, I just think that at this point, they need to get guard help. We saw a lot of great things from Markel Fultz in his first official season with them. DJ Augustine is a great, great veteran piece for their team. Terrence Ross is definitely still, quote-unquote, the supernova of offense when it comes to his ability to shoot the three and get hot in games. Evan Fournier is a guy who I'm starting to lose hope on, dude, because he is not showing me much. He is a guy who has not really done much since he kind of got that little payday and it's starting, to, it's starting to pay its due to the point that I'm thinking his time is slowly going to be up. So I really think that they need to address guard. They need to add as much guard talent as they can. And they need to make this team more talented because having very good, solid starters is not going to win you a championship in this league. It might not even get you out of the first round. And they've proven it over the last half a decade or so in terms of how they've built this team so far? So part of me kind of believes that the Orlando Magic are going to try to get a guy like Cole Anthony in this draft, you know, because they do need guard help. He's a very explosive guard, a solid scorer. Um, I think shot selection is my biggest, my biggest concern with him. I do kind of feel like they could use another small forward, especially considering that you need shooters Devin Vassell might be the guy that Orlando could, could use. Orlando has a lot of talent on this team, but I think the best small forward, one of the best small forwards in this draft is Devin Vassell. I think he really fills in the depth when you need a good wing, and I think Orlando really needs a good wing. But he can also defend. I mean, he's, all, he's a solid three-point shooter. He shot just under 42% at his time at Florida State. Um, he can get the open looks, knock down those shots, but 
like I mentioned, he's also a great defender who can hold his own and shut down the opponent's best player. I think he could be one of the best three and D wings in this draft. And I know that you mentioned that there are a lot of forwards on this team and there's a lot of talented forwards on this team and they make up a good handful of great players on this team, but I think they could always use another forward. And I think Devin Vassell could really help on the offensive end. I mean, I agree that that would be a great pick. My only thing is like your very last point is probably also the strongest point for why they probably won't be able to get him at 15. One of the great, one of the better three and D wings in this draft, he's not going to fall out of the lottery. And I mean, we're talking about 15 being right out of the lottery. So my only concern with that is you would be banking on Devin Vassell falling through a lot of different teams that definitely could use help. I mean, some of the teams before him that would definitely fit in. Uh, I mean, starting even at Cleveland at five, Cleveland, Atlanta, Detroit, the Knicks, you could say the Wizards uh, to a certain extent. Uh, I don't think the Suns are as big of a deal. Um, Tankathon has him going to San Antonio at 11. I wouldn't argue against him ending up on a team like the Sacramento Kings. The Pelicans are not a bad choice as well, and I don't think Boston needs him, but I also don't I, – I really pray that Boston's not even drafting <laughs> in this 2020 NBA draft, to be honest. So my concern with Devin Vassell is not necessarily his fit. It's just would he even end up, you know, available. I would say the guy that I would think of – there's two guys, really. Um, Kieran Lewis Jr. is like, he's starting to come off as like one of my favorite players in this draft. I think I say his name a little too much, but, uh, who, who cares, man? I mean, he's just a really good prospect. 18.5 points per game, five assists, nearly five rebounds, 36% from the three point line, 45% from the field plays with crazy tenacity. I mean, he averaged nearly two steals per game, which means for a a very well-coached defensive roster like Orlando, his active hands could be really beneficial in the backcourt alongside a guy like Markel Fultz. Um, I think he's a perfect one. I also think another guy, we didn't get to see a ton of him, but I think his athletic upside is huge, is RJ Hampton. We haven't talked about him a lot on this podcast, but I think as we start getting closer to the lottery pick teams, that a lot more of these guys are gonna, uh, these guys like Kira Lewis, like RJ Hampton, are going to be brought up even more frequently because I think a guy like RJ has a lot of up- upside. Um, these outside of the top 14 guys are going to be guys who I think are going to show up on a stat sheet a lot earlier than you might expect because they're going to be instant contributors. And I think a guy like RJ, who, I mean, he's essentially a combo guard, which, I mean, it's a best of both worlds scenario for them that need guard help to be able to put him at the one or the two is very beneficial. I think his, you know, his open ability to wanting to grow. I think the fact that we didn't get to see the high end of him in the NBL also gives him a lot of potential um, buildup on an Orlando team that has done really well, kind of developing some of the young talent they have. I think those are the two guys you go for because I think they're two guys that are extremely realistic and do kind of address like a need, like positionally. And I think that those are two guys that would be good fits in Orlando. Um, Considering the guard depth isn't that great. I mean, they have Markel Fultz, they have DJ Augustine, they have Michael Carter-Williams, Evan Fournier as well. I think they really need help in the guard department because I feel like that they're not getting enough production there. 
Um, I think that's always been a lackluster position considering that, you know, the last great guard, the last solid guard that they had there was Victor Oladipo. And then even before then it was Jameer Nelson. I just think that it's kind of hard to find a guard that's been very productive for Orlando. I mean, Fournier's had some good seasons, but he hasn't been performing as well recently. So I would definitely try to target the guard position. And it's a good transition to the next pick at 45 because I actually think they're going to get a guard with the 45th overall pick. If he falls this far, which I don't know if he will, but I think Nico Mania would be a good choice uh, coming out of Arizona. I mentioned with Nico Mannion on a previous episode that he was a great player coming out of high school when he was putting up some good numbers at Arizona. He was averaging 14 and five there. Um, he's a dynamic playmaker, great scorer, great perimeter shooter. I think he's engaged on defense. He's just trying to be as active as he possibly could be. I think it's more or less just where he would fit on Orlando um, because it looks like Markel Fultz is locked down as the starter. I think it's going to be interesting to see if he gets drafted by Orlando, how he contributes, because I feel like he's a, he's a high-volume shooter, and I think he's, he's really got the mentality of just score first. Now, before I kind of name off anybody, I think I should, should go there just to kind of help put things into perspective a little bit, though. I mean, they are at 45, and Nico Mannion slotted between being a late first round and an early second round pick. So is there any other guys that you have in mind that are a little bit more, like, realistically slotted around 45 that could potentially go there just as other options they would have? Because so far with the draft board you have, they're great pickups in terms of fit for Orlando. But again, you know, the biggest concern just comes down to you're either going to have to trade up or they're going to have to really be lucky that guys fall in order to get to them. So who are some other guys that you think are slotted closer to that 45 range? Yeah, I, I would say Cassius Winston is a guy. Uh, Michigan State, he's a solid player. We've definitely given him a lot of praise on this show. And I think I mentioned with Atlanta that he was he could be a great guard coming off the bench um, I think in this case with Orlando he could be a guy where he could start instantly and especially with the lack of guard depth that's on Orlando right now I kind of feel like Winston is a guy that can easily produce he can produce effectively I think he's definitely again a four-year starter at Michigan State and a great program at Michigan State he's a guy who can provide a lot of experience He's a guy who can provide a lot of scoring. And I think he's a guy that can really provide depth to a guard department that really is lacking it. So I think Cassius Winston is another guy that I think can definitely go to Orlando. Uh, that's like super hilarious that that's like the first guy who popped out of your head because like literally that was one of the first guys that kind of came to mind to me with the fact that we talked about how much, you know, power forward center depth they have in the best circumstance for a guy like Cassius Winston is having a lot of guys that he could possibly put into pick and roll actions for and facilitate for. I mean, they have a lot of big guys, but not really any true point guard. Besides, I would say probably DJ Augustine that can really help facilitate and get the ball around. So I think that it's just one of those things where I think that he would be really good. He would be a really, really interesting fit for them because they need a facilitator. And Cassius Winston, I mean, his main, his main plays – are the fact that he was one of the most effective screen and roll players this year. He did shoot 43% from three this year, shot 40, nearly 45% from the floor. 
He did average 18 points per game, and he averaged nearly six assists per game, which is exactly the kind of kind of facilitation that they need, right? You know, so Cassius Winston is automatically the first guy that came to mind for me. Um, I think another guy who's really interesting, just because of my um, lack of faith in a guy like Evan Fournier at this point, I feel like is kind of like the route that I'm going to go with it, is I feel like a guy like Isaiah Joe out of Arkansas is another really interesting pick for me. Um, I haven't mentioned him a ton, but he's came up here and there, and it's mainly just because of the fact that I think 16.9 points per game on 34% shooting from three, 40% shooting from NBA range three. I think that's pretty huge. Now, he wasn't that efficient from the floor outside of that. He almost comes off as a bit of a specialist. But I don't think that with all the starter-level talent that Orlando has, having a three-point specialist is a bad thing. I think that's actually kind of one of the things they need to address. They're one of the better teams in terms of being able to score points in the paint because one of their best players is Nikola Vucevic, who practically lives within 15 feet. And, of course, the next best guy is Aaron Gordon. So I think getting a guy like Joe could really stretch the floor out for them and help them out. I kind of feel like another guy that we haven't mentioned a lot, Tyshawn Alexandria out of Creighton. That's actually the first time we've mentioned him on the podcast. But, I mean, he's a great combo guard who is really moving up the draft board a lot. I mean, we haven't really mentioned him because – I kind of felt like he was going to go undrafted. But now as the draft is drawing near, I kind of feel like Tyshawn Alexander is a guy who can make a lot of impact for a team like Orlando, especially lacking the guard depth. You mentioned the guy like Isaiah Joe out of Arkansas. I mean, he's a great three-point shooter. I would say, you know, Jay Scrub, the Juco player, I would think is another guy. He's a dynamic athlete. He has a lot of upside. I would have to look at those three guys. And I think you've mentioned, you mentioned some good players as well. Brian, nail on the head again, bro. Nail on the head again. Jay Scrub was going to be my dark horse for this late round pick, dude. I mean, they're, uh, they're in a position right now where I think on the right team where he can get the ball in his hands a little bit more frequently, like an Orlando team, for example. I think Jay Scrub might be able to, be able to flourish. I mean. He's a two-way guard, similar to what I was touching on about R.J. Hampton earlier. There's a lot of similar traits in terms of what he brings to the table. Now, I think he showed a lot more in terms of his ability to shoot from NBA range, play above the rim, finish through contact, things like that that we didn't see a ton of from R.J. Um, But I think Jay Scrub is an interesting, interesting prospect in this draft because I think with the right team – I think I think Jay Scrub, literally Jay Scrub, is a team that I want to uh, is, is a guy that I want to see on a team like Memphis or on a team like, for example, the Orlando Magic. I mean, the Atlanta Hawks is another really interesting one. There, and my favorite pick, honestly, in terms of developmental purposes, would be if he ends up on a team like Toronto. So, I think situations where he could be put in an area where he can handle the ball a little bit, but also just be under true development um, around guys who can get them the ball in spots, true basketball IQ level guys. I think that would be a really interesting pick right there. And Orlando might not have the IQ basketball wise that maybe a Toronto may have, for example, but they have a, a need, a glaring need 
at the guard position that's going to put the ball in his hands a little bit more frequently, and I think that's going to help him develop a lot. So you mentioned this question last time on the podcast, and this is usually our question of the day for our fans. But I want to ask you what the philosophy is for the Orlando Magic, not only going into the draft, but going into the offseason this year. Ryan, the Magic might be almost be the most interesting team we asked this question about because of the fact that I think their philosophy needs to be figure out what the future is. Um, Aaron Gordon has been in trade talks forever. Nikola Vucevic has been Mr. Reliable, averaging between 19 and 21 points for the last three, four to five years. I mean, Jonathan Isaac has been a guy who, when he's on the court, one of the best two-way players in the league, definitely was a defensive player of the year candidate last season. And I was banging the table for it because I thought he was that effective in the minutes he played. But he's so injury prone that I feel like we haven't seen the maximum version of him that everybody is just waiting to see from him. Um, Markel Fultz is a guy who is, you know, brand spanking new to this team. And although he had a great first season with them, there is a question as to where he goes from here. Muhammad Bamba is a guy who is looking more and more like a bust as we see the rest of this draft class flourish. Cause it's a lot of guys who was taken in this draft with, with Muhammad Bamba who have, I mean, <laughs> essentially played above expectation and he's been one of the few guys that hasn't really played even near what his draft stock was which was in the top seven of the draft so I think they just need to figure out what their what their what their future is because right now they just have a lot of starters no no real direction and no true guy you can single single out and say that's our building piece because Marco Foles just got here Jonathan Isaac is never healthy enough to truly build around. And Eric Gordon has been a guy in trade talks practically for the last two seasons. It's interesting with Orlando because they're always sneaking into the playoffs, like as a seventh seed or an eighth seed. You know, they they had some great game ones um, against Toronto in 2019 and this past year against Milwaukee, but they've never really been able to close out a series. I mean, I can remember back in 2003 when Doc Rivers was coaching this team, they had a 3-1 lead against the number one seeded Detroit Pistons, and they couldn't hold that lead. And that team had a lot of talent on it. This team has a lot of starters on it that are not only great players, but I think they could be used as trade pieces. I think you mentioned you know, Aaron Gordon's been in trade talks for a while. Um, Nikola Vucevic is a solid player. I think he's really one of the one of the best centers in the league and he doesn't even get talked about nearly as much I think Nikola Vucevic is a guy that can really help a team contend I would have to say the same thing with Jonathan Isaac I think Jonathan Isaac could be a nice rotational player for a contending team I think he could also be one of the best players on a rebuilding team the problem is Orlando is somewhere in the middle of that they're not rebuilding they're not contending they're sneaking into the playoffs at eight I don't really know what their philosophy really is. I mean, do you rebuild? Do you try to make the playoffs? Do you try to contend? I don't know what the plans are for Orlando. And I mean, that's, that's, that's what I think the philosophy has to be is figuring out what the heck that philosophy is in terms of move forward or move back. I think that's the most interesting thing about it. Um, It's funny just to kind of touch on your last point really quickly, like a la our last topic where we touched on the Oklahoma city thunder Similar to a guy like Danilo Gallinari, a guy like Nikola Vucevic, a guy who 
had he been on a playoff contender, I think we'll be talking about him a little bit more as a top five center in the league. And just as a shameless plug, both of those guys will be somewhere in the top 10 to top 15 of our positional rankings when we get there. Because if they're not going to be shown love on national television, they will at least definitely see a little bit of, you know, a little bit of get their flowers a bit in terms of, you know, being shouted on, on the Hoop Talk podcast. So um, those are two guys that I think I think I feel like, like you said before, you can put them in the same ilk. I think they just have to make a call on them. I think they need to make a decision on what the move is with a guy like him, Aaron Gordon. What does this team want to be? I think they need to figure out what they want to be this offseason. That they they need that more than players, <laughs> honestly. Transitioning to our question of the day for our fans. What is the philosophy for the Orlando Magic not only going into draft night, but going into the offseason? This has been a great episode today on the Hoop Talk Podcast. Of course, make sure when you subscribe to us on Apple, you rate our podcast five stars, and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast. We'll see you guys next episode. Peace.